Hi guys and welcome to Find Your Legacy's fourth podcast. Today's podcast is actually going to be filmed in Wisconsin. So if you're watching me on YouTube, you will see a beautiful background scenery of trees and a plane just flew by. So if you hear that, um, that was the plane. As beautiful as it is out here in Wisconsin, there is a wasp since I am recording outside that is hovering around the lights that I have set up and around me. So if we hear me squeal like a little girl, it's because my life is flashing before my eyes. Oh, he's back. All right. So I wanted to film outside because the podcast, um, I mean, it's just gorgeous out here. There's trees nothing but fields of greenery and it is the greenest green I've ever seen so um, I'm kind of near Canada so that's where that's where this is being filmed so today's podcast is going to talk about <clears throat> some interesting things I found from a website that I truly enjoy and if you ever want to read anything interesting kind of learn about what's going on in your industry learn about current events and and things that you know aren't really reported on on main news sites so it's I don't really think they have you know what's going on in politics because that's kind of reported everywhere 24 7 this is more of research that's been found for really interesting topics. It's called bigthink.com. And I found this article that I thought would be really helpful to, I'm sorry, this wasp is just, (laughs) um, I found an article that would be really helpful in gaining some competitive advantages whenever you are graduating college. These are going to be the skills that you can put on your resume in order to stand out. Because remember, you're going to be graduating at the same time as thousands of other people that have been in your major, and you're going to want to outshine them so that you can get employment. So these are the 10 skills that you need to stand out. And the first one is job experience. And the author of this article says that it doesn't matter what sort of job you have, just have one. Because that's going to show that you know how to be punctual, that you can keep a job, um, that you know how to have customer service in some form. Um, So even if it's a minimum wage job, you're still going to develop extremely valuable skills. So especially if it's a job that you keep consistently because it shows, especially if it's a job you keep consistently while in college because it shows that you can handle and execute time management properly and juggle many things at once. So, and also just maturity. I mean, how many kids do you know actually? Probably a lot, but I didn't know a lot. So our second one is relevant experience and this can be internships and I know a lot of colleges especially in the Charlotte area where find your legacy is based out of they try and strive for high schoolers to even get internships Um, so having internships is very relevant because you're going to be learning about your specific industry while in class but then you're applying those skills in real life time in a real world scenario so if you have really good grades try and get an internship and bust your butt and if you don't have such good grades try and get an internship because (laughs) I mean if you do well at an internship and you can have a recommendation in a network from that internship and a lot of internships lead to jobs so Um, our third is writing now you're going to be taking these are for all my high schools my high schoolers that are listening to this podcast or watching this on YouTube, you're going to be taking 
writing classes. So your first two years of college are going to be an extension of, oh my God, the wasp just flew right in front of me. Your first two classes of high school are actually going, or your college are going to be an extension of high school and you're going to have in-depth writing courses. So I wrote and read like five books a week. Um, I didn't write five books. I read five books a week and, and wrote papers on them because I was in an honors, um, English course. So writing is going to be essential. And the reason why it's important is because you're going to be writing emails to coworkers. You're going to be writing emails to clients. So they don't want someone that doesn't know how to write a professional email communicating with their clients because then that makes the company look bad. And office memos, you know, you want your coworkers to respect you and think you're intelligent. And a skill of writing a great email is so underrated. So if you ever take an online course or a hybrid course in college, I don't know if they do this in high school, but you have discussion boards and that's where you log in and there's a prompt online and you have to post that prompt in order to get your grade and then you have to respond to someone and you they always say <clears throat> in these discussion boards the professors always tell you you have to have a certain online etiquette you know you don't use text slang so no lols no WTFs or anything like that and there's no cussing and just it helps you with verbal communication which leads us to our next skill that you need to have because if you're typing professionally you're creating a culture hopefully that you're working in is professional so you would communicate professionally so they have a really good example in this article that says as a student you enjoy the freedom to tell someone that something sucks in the world of professionalism, that statement can be a landmine. Learning to say something needs improvement or has opportunity for growth, which is professional lingo for that sucks, <laughs> um, keeps you from looking like an amateur, especially when you're younger. It's going to have your coworkers and managers and bosses and clients and the people that you interact with um, respect you and think that you're mature. Uh, it's just about learning to create those public speaking habits and I think or those professional speaking habits and I think a really good way to do that is when you're dressed a certain way and you're dressed professional or even in kind of like a uniform say you're in scrubs so you're not necessarily dressed professional but you're dressed in that uniform it's going to put you in a mindset to kind of turn on that speaking turn on that writing communication so it really takes practice um there's a lot of instances where I have let something slip in a professional manner because I'm just so used to talking a certain way so you should really try practicing it um and then that leads to public speaking I took a public speaking course I think most like your first two years of school and college you're going to take a public speaking course I'm not sure but it really does help when you say you're going to be interviewed and there's three people interviewing you at the same time. Like it's an interview board. You know, sometimes whenever you you first get interviewed by someone. My God, I don't know if you can hear that, but there's animals just I think that's a crane. Are there cranes up here? I don't know, but it sounds insane. Oh, my, OK, so we were driving this morning and we saw a bear. So what if I'm recording this and a bear just shows up because my my dad has had tons of bears on his property, especially recently. So that's ooh, little little Barbie the bears, but I call her. OK, so 
sometimes you interview and you're hired or you're, you're interviewed first. So there's different phases. There can be like three phases to um, getting a job, just passing the interview phase. So you have your initial interview usually with one person. And then you can have a second interview with either a board of people or another person. And then if you get passed along through that phase, then you can have a board of interviews. There can be like three to five people or more interviewing you. So being able to public speak because it's different when you have one person but when you have you know five sets of eyes looking at you that can be a little bit intimidating so if you have got up in front of your classroom and had a whole class full of people looking at you and you've practiced and hopefully you practice when you go into interviews if you've been listening to my podcast that has been highly advocated for um you'll be prepared to speak in public and and speak with those people and it also helps for networking because if you're good at public speaking you can go into these networking events these luncheons these you know um if you're about to graduate college these happy hour events and communicate with people and know how to ask the questions it's all a part of learning how to say what you want to say in the appropriate with the appropriate audience knowing what to talk about with the appropriate audience and just executing that and i and I feel networking is very important in knowing how to talk to people and public speaking goes with that. So it's not like it's a performance, but it's like it's a performance. It's catering what you want to say to your audience. So our next one is technology. And we have a skill kind of embedded in us and future generations will have this even more so than we do of technology. You know, we use social media. We use Google to research things. We use our laptops and Microsoft suites. And who's going to be hiring us are baby boomers who are like born in the 60s and 70s and Generation X who was born in the 80s and stuff like that. (coughs) Excuse me. They are going to be hiring you and they don't have that embedded use of technology, especially social media. And, um, that is a skill that we have. So anything that, any course you can take to combine technology with your industry, see if you can take it as an elective or something like that because you're adding that to your resume as you're going through school. So that's very important. And don't forget to always be updating your resume while you're in school. So this is a side note, but I think it's very important. You want to include everything you're doing in college because you are going to forget. I can't tell you all the valuable skills I learned in college because I never wrote anything down. I wrote down important important things when I was about to graduate because I was like, oh, I'm about to graduate. But if you can actually do that before you graduate during those classes, you're going to learn so much your freshman year, you're going to forget by your senior year. That's just, you're just going to. College is so fun and you're going to be so busy and you're going to be so stressed out that you're not even going to be focusing on Oh, I need to write this down if you know, because you're not going to remember. You're just you're just not. Um, So it's important to when you finish a writing class or you finish a a class where you've used technology a lot or, you know, you've done that. You need to quantify those courses. And, you know, I wrote seven papers on five different types of essay styles. So I've learned narrative, descriptive, critical, analytical. I wrote those papers you're quantifying what you've learned and you're applying and you're breaking down 
what type of learning you did. And then you're saying, and I got a 97 in the course. So I made a, what, a 3.5 out of 4.0 in that course. Well, clearly you know what you're doing because you did well. So always be writing that down because say you graduate or say, say you're in college and you want to get a part-time job. You have no job experience. So what do you have to back up that you're credible? Your courses that you've been taking and how to explain those courses are going to be why. And having that outlined on your resume is actually going to help you prepare to explain things because you're going to already have those examples on your resume. And our next skill is um, finance. And it says that you don't have to have a finance degree, but just knowing kind of basic accounting skills, knowing how much things are going to cost, whatever it's office supplies or whatever in your business, you know, it's going to make you look good just being aware of financial things um because what money talks that's what business is about so and if you can take a finance course do it actually ecu took a finance course um or provided like a real world college course on how to invest in stocks you know how to what to do buyer first home what to do about student loans take it and i the two professors taught it and everyone raved about it and it was such a fun class because the professors were really engaging with the students and they're actually learning real world things that they could apply so definitely take workshops on that because life comes at you fast okay and you knowing that you're going to be already ahead of the competition um, and next is going to be learning to take criticism. And I love that. So it says on in this article to try and take a workshop that people will be reading your stuff. But I believe in your English courses, we had to pass around our papers. And then the other students in the class would read over the papers and give feedback on how to improve it before we submitted it. So we would we would have a rough draft and pass it around. And, and doing that and taking criticism, say you do have a part-time job and you're a waitress and people are mad about their food that you didn't cook but you're the person that's the median between their the food preps and the chefs in the kitchen and the client or who you're who you're serving um you're the representation of that and there's a lot of times in corporate jobs in real world jobs you are going to be the face that the client sees but you're not the one that's implemented the policies you're not the one that creates the rules but you're going to get that backlash because they have no one else to give it to so it's a great that's criticism so well no well that's not constructive criticism that's criticism so yeah and you need to learn to keep a cool head it's it's known that smart people that have high level of cognitive function remained calm under pressure and criticism and constructive criticism it's still pressure because you're on the spotlight so knowing how to take that and not flip out is going to make them trust you more and those are skills that you can start to learn in part-time jobs where you're working with customers and in classes where people are reviewing your work because people are going to be reviewing your work when you get a job or when you go to grad school so when the stakes feel a little bit higher. And then finally, the last skill is research. And again, that's something that high schoolers have embedded in them because they're researching topics for their papers and stuff like that, as well as college students. Um, you're researching sources for your papers. That's very important because it your research is always... You want to be inventive. You want to be... 
have stuff that research backs your, you want to look credible and research is how you look credible. So it's very important. And that's a skill that's always going to be utilized in any field you work in, whatever field you choose to go in. It's research. I mean, come on. So a great way you can do this um, and practice researching is when you have papers. In grad school, we have to have references and scholarly articles. But the great thing about undergrad is I don't remember a lot of papers where I had to do that when I was getting close towards the end. But a lot of the times your textbook was sufficient enough and that will be established in the rubric given for the assignment. But you can, I never, I never went to the library to check out books in college. I went to the library to study, but there's online libraries that every school has and you log in online to the online library, you know, with your username and password and you search and you type in the topic that you want to reference to and then it'll say type and you say scholarly article and scholarly articles are written in APA format which includes abstracts and abstracts have introductions that abstracts are introductions that tell you what the paper is going to be about and you can just read that one paragraph abstract and say this source is going to be for me or it's not you don't have to fumble through um, articles and websites um, to find your sources you the abstract tells you and you can find scholarly articles on Google but why use Google when you can find more relevant incredible sources that you can have access to better journals better you know research in scholarly articles use your online library like do it um, and f finally now we are on to our next topic which is Alan Ab Alda? He is a famous actor. He was on MASH. He was on um, The West Wing. He's just a cute little old guy. Um, he has a really good way of... It's called Tell Me Your Story. And it's a video he did. And it's five minutes. You everyone to watch it. It's on Big Think. And it's beneficial for interviewing and networking. And he uses this really cool example that he had he was doing a speech he was doing a talk um and he had an audience and he asked for a volunteer and he had the volunteer hold an empty glass and walk across the stage and the audience didn't care because it's an empty glass and they're walking across the stage okay well he then <clears throat> filled the glass with water and said now carry this full glass of water like to the brim across the stage and all of a sudden the audience was engaged because there was so much to lose i mean once again this person's on the spot how embarrassing is it going to be if they spill water all over themselves so any any walk across the stage he found that this is kind of like a study he found that the audience was very intrigued because if it wasn't level the water would spill and they wanted to see how this person would perform and this example is to teach how to tell stories so when you're in an interview and the person interviewing you asks what's your greatest accomplishment what's your greatest greatest achievement the best way to be remembered and to have that achievement understood is to tell every obstacle you went through to make that achievement because obviously it makes it more interesting and engaging but it shows the person that you are and 
they're going to be working with the person. They're not just going to be working with the facts. They're, they're going to be working with you. So they want to know the person behind you. So telling a story, not just saying like, oh yeah, I graduated college with this and this and this. Um, no, say, well, I worked and I was busy and there was always something and someone in my family got sick and, you know, show those obstacles or even the biggest project you have writing, recording this podcast has been an obstacle. Okay. I've had to find a place to set up. I've had to, I'm literally using an ironing board to stabilize an ironing board with two boxes to stabilize my camera right now. And you know, there's no service out here. I don't have an update on my laptop. So I'm using iMovie to record a podcast instead of GarageBand. So I don't even know if this is going to be able to be uploaded. Um, the camera was still running when I was not recording. So I had to re-record a part that wasn't filmed. You know, but then I did it. I persevered through it. I'm resilient. And they want to know how you handle those obstacles because you know what? Life is an obstacle. And at work, you're always going to be putting out small fires, not literal fires, but there's always something that's going to come up. And it's how quickly you can think about it and how you respond. And it just makes you more interesting to hear. So tell your story. Tell about your achievements. Tell about what you did, what obstacles you overcame to get there. If it's just a project, if it's just anything, I mean, tell your story. Tell whether it's a macro, how you, all the obstacles you overcame whenever you were graduating college or for one specific class where you weren't, do, maybe you weren't doing well at first. Maybe you weren't doing well in college at first. What obstacle did you come over to change? And now you got better. And that is... So such an awesome analogy that was used about the glass story. And I think, again, it's just an example of how public speaking and communication and, and learning to, to talk to people. It's Again, it's not a performance, but it's making you more interesting and kind of selling who you are because you know who you are. But people that are going to be hiring you, they don't know who you are. They're taking a risk hiring you and they're hoping you're good and that you're going to be productive and that you're going to be a good coworker and a good employee and you're going to be punctual and you're not going to be weird and you're going to be, you know, well-rounded. You've got to show that. I don't know how you can show that through a resume, through well-rounded skills, but being a well-rounded person can be shown through an interview. So... I really think that you guys should watch that video. It's only four minutes. And then our very last topic. And there is those little crane things going again. But I'd rather it be cranes than a bear. So <laughs> how important is your job to your personality? Clearly doesn't know that I'm recording a podcast right now. That's fine. How important is your job to your personality? So this is another video that I watched. It's only like five minutes on Big Think. And it's saying that simple jobs don't require cognitive thinking or high cognitive function, I should say. High cognitive function is for a simple job is how fast you can learn something. And then that's it. So how fast can you complete a simple task and how fast can you learn it 
There's no upper level to that. It's a simple job. Complex jobs have requirements that are constantly changing. And you've got to be someone that can handle that. So a high cognitive function person can handle jobs that are constantly changing. The demands of the job are constantly changing. And that's always going to be your managerial positions and your executive positions. So if you want to be a CEO, you've got to have that adaptive, successful thinking. And there's two types. So the creative and entrepreneurial personality is usually the type that is going to be founding a company because when you're founding a company or a business, you've got to be flexible because you've got to know that things are going to change. Things are going to come up. If you're just getting into an industry like me, I just got into nonprofit. So much has changed and we only launched in January and I've adapted in so many ways from doing a podcast. I didn't think I was going to be doing a podcast. I didn't think I was going to have a YouTube channel and just how I've operated. You know, I've, you have to be flexible with challenges of people that you're going to be serving or that you want to be your customers. And that's more for a creative part. So because they have lateral and divergent thinking. And then you have another, another personality type, which is managerial and administrative. So those people are more conscientious. They know what they're doing and they're doing it efficiently. But the world is always changing and marketplaces are always shifting. So corporations struggle nowadays to keep that balance. And the video is saying that capitalism deals with this by letting businesses fail. So the normal... Um, life cycle of the business is you use your creative personality types to found the business. And then once the business is up and running and they kind of come over, overcome those challenges to get their foot in the market and stabilize it, then they hire their managerial types to keep that going, to keep the flow going, to make sure that those operations that the creative type work to find out this is what works, then those managerial and administration administration personality types make sure that keeps running. Well, then what happens is they let start to let go of those creative types. But then the market shifts and the demands of the customers shift. And then you don't have those creative thinkers anymore to implement new ways to adapt to the shifting. And that's one of the things that you learn in business school is you we are an ever-evolving economy. We are an ever-evolving market. And if you can't keep up, you're out as, a, as businesses. And capitalism just lets the companies die. So it's showing that you've got to have those balances in employees between creative and managerial. And I just think that's really good information to tell you guys because you can look at these companies, you know, don't settle for whatever job wants to hire you at first unless you really have to. And, you know, there's nothing wrong, in my opinion, if your parents are okay with it, moving back home and not settling for a job and making sure that you get the job that you really, really want in a company that you really, really want. If that's an available resource to you, if you can do that. You know, I'm not saying you should or you have to. That's just my opinion. 
But you want to research these companies and you want to make sure that they have both of those because you can be a creative thinker, innovative, etc. Or you can be managerial and administrative to where you can manage people and make sure that those processes that are already established are going smoothly and efficiently and give ideas for how we can make those already processes run better. Where creatives are needed because what if we need a whole new process because the market is changing and our Toys R Us is going down. I wonder if they had any creative or entrepreneurial people making decisions. So look and see if those companies have those balances and look and see where you can provide it. How cool is that to go into an interview, even if it's an entry level position and say, you know, I want to... I want to grow in this company, but I want to grow this way because I want to be a creative type. I want to help stabilize us in an ever-changing market and economy. Or I want to be a managerial because I know that whatever process new that I'm giving, I can learn it, I can do it efficiently, and I can keep the boat boat rowing until a wave crash and y'all do what you got to do, and then I'm back to rowing the boat and keeping it stable. So I think that was just... So fascinating and very beneficial when you're thinking about who you are as a person and what type of career would fit you better. Are you trying to be a creative entrepreneurial? Are you wanting to be a part of startups? Are you wanting to be a consultant that sign on to fix problems to help companies adapt? Or are you going to want to be a managerial, in a managerial position where you know the processes, you've learned them well, and you're going to make sure that everyone underneath you is doing exactly what they need to be doing to keep the company going. So you have someone that overcomes challenges and overcomes new challenges, and then you have someone that makes sure in between those times, in between those challenges, because the market again is unpredictable, if you're making sure that all operations run smoothly. So it's two very important personality types, but knowing which one you are and which one you, which career type, whether it's creative, entrepreneurial, or managerial, is going to be better for you. So that's about knowing yourself and knowing what best fit your personality and where you're going to shine. And finally, I want to talk about what to bring to college. So I really think face wipes and makeup wipes are really important because there's going to be some nights where you don't feel like washing your face, even though you should. Um, Having those in a drawer next to your bed or somewhere accessible to you, best advice you can have because at least you're getting dirt off your face if you're not wearing makeup or, you know get some of the makeup off if you are but if you are wearing makeup whether you're a boy or a girl you need to be using coconut oil um to be massaging it into your face that's also my beauty tip of the week you need to have coconut oil massaged in to break down the makeup and then you need to use micellar water and on a makeup wipe to wipe off the rest and then wash your face you can also use micellar water just to get off the dirt as well like put it this is what I do I get a makeup wipe you can use a face towel if you don't wear makeup and you know maybe you're not comfortable buying makeup I don't know I'm not you get the wipe squeeze the micellar water on there and then rub your face um that helps break down dirt so you can also have a small little iron and ironing board um paper plates and um plastic utensils 
maybe a small microwave in a small mini fridge. It kind of depends on um, what how much room you have. Maybe you and your roommate can decide to go 50-50 if something like that isn't provided for you. Or maybe you want your own mini fridge. Um, you can have that. Also, I think another important thing is um, a little mini fan because it can get very hot. So plug that little mini fan in. You can use a shoe rack, kind of hang it um, by your closet. Use this shoe rack to put in highlighters, flashcards, pins, cables like your laptop charger or your phone charger when you're not using them, um, your makeup wipes, socks, who knows what else you could put, your toothbrush, anything you can fit in the ones that hang and they have those different dividers is what you use to put shoes in. Put that in so you don't have a lot of messiness around you. Clean home, clean minds is what I say. Um, and those things are also accessible as you can see it because they're clear. You're not sh opening drawers. They're compact. They're put together. It's just a great way to organize. You also want a shower caddy. Um, and let's see what else this cute little is. A mini stapler. You're going to want to staple your papers that you print off. And not all, you know, you can't guarantee that the like library or computer lab where you're printing your work off is going to have a stapler that has staples in it because everyone else is going to be printing and stapling stuff. Um, a foldable laundry bag. And I saw this at Target, but all this stuff you can order on Amazon and just have it delivered to you. Like how awesome is that? Um, but affordable laundry bag. So when like you're done with it, you can close it. Um, it's good for when you're coming to and from college because you don't have those big giant laundry bags that are, um, or hampers and stuff that are just in the way when you can just fold it up and I think they're kind of like circular and springy and you can just kind of fold it up and it's put it away when you're not using it um, or like when you're going to and from you know doing laundry you can fold it up when you're done so you're not like carrying around this empty laundry bag I don't know I just think that's better um, and then <clears throat> a multiple charger holder so you're not having all your different cables say you have your headphones in and your laptop and then your cell phones your laptop is being charged and then your cell phone is being charged in your laptop like with the usb cord you know you can have all of that organized while you're working it's just not as messy and again cluttery um and then suitcases to store off-season clothes I think that's really smart when I was looking up things for college students to bring into their dorm their first year, like their freshman year. I think that was really smart because then you have more room and you can kind of slide that underneath your dorm bed, you know, your sweaters, stuff like that, that you don't need in August, you know, and maybe you're not going home for fall break. So I don't know, girl. I just thought that would be helpful. And then a, this was an interesting one, a sleeping bag. And that's for if you go and stay at your friend's dorm or you have your dorm or your friend stay at your dorm, you have a sleeping bag because, you know, they're twin beds. So I don't know. I thought that was really smart. Maybe your family has one that they can give you. Maybe you can buy a cheap one on Amazon or something like that. But I think that's pretty smart. Um, you know, or say you guys like go to the beach or something and you, I don't know, you just have a sleeping bag. That was a bad example. I don't know why you would need a sleeping bag at a beach, but maybe you're just like doing something. You just want to stay the night somewhere. Have a sleeping bag. Um, and then they said painter's tape to hang things up on your dorm wall. It's cheap and you're not putting holes in your dorm wall, which I don't think you're allowed to. So having painter's tape is a good way to have kind of like your own touch in your dorm. Um, and then a backup hard drive. 
I paid $80 for mine, but it's a two, it's a two terabyte, which is, I think a thousand gigabytes and one terabyte. So I don't even think you need something that big, but that's definitely beneficial because you are going to be writing a lot of papers and you always want to keep your work that you've done in case you ever need to provide it for like a writing sample for a class or anything like that. And then, um, my last tip is a laptop cover because you're going to be taking your laptop in and out of your bag a lot at classes, at the library, wherever. Your laptop is always going to be with you. It's like the new notebook now. So um, you want to keep it protected and you don't want it to get scratched by books or pens or whatever else you have in your backpack. Um, and also it just keeps it from getting dirty. And anything you can do to preserve the life of your laptop because laptops are investments but they don't last forever and you're going to be using it a lot you know best to keep it clean and backed up all your files so you don't have a ton of storage because the last <laughs> guys I have so many photos that I can't even open up my photos on my cloud drive it's literally terrible so I can't even clean things out so if I would have had my stuff backed up and if I would have had a backup hard drive I would not be in the situation that I am in today. So learn lessons from me. And that's all I have for you guys today. I hope that this was a beneficial and interesting podcast. Um, oh, one last thing. I've always used Chegg rental books. Um, I've always compared the bookstore rentals to Chegg rentals. And I always buy my, I always rent my Chegg books as e-textbooks where I just read them online. And Chegg is like a cheaper textbook website that I've always used. If you know a cheaper website, use it or list it in the comments below. It's Chegg, C-H-E-G-G.com. And I always buy my e-textbooks online because what you can do is you open it up and it's like a little PDF thing and you read it. It's not downloading things to your computer, so it's not taking up any storage. And anything that you highlight, it has a section on the toolbar of all the notes that you've highlighted. And you can add comments and you can print that out or study it. So, um, and you're not carrying around extra textbooks in your class. You can have open in your, you know, if you are using it in class, but it's always cheaper to buy or to rent e-textbooks than it is for hard copies. So any way to save a buck in college anyway, you know what I'm saying? All right, guys, you have a great week and I will talk to you next week. And thanks for tuning in.